What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 40 of Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. Just realized that we are 40 eps in. Not bad, considering most of them have been done in the wake or in the middle of an unforeseen circumstance that is this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Thank you for being uh, a part of this ride with me. Uh, just continuing to do the best I can to try to turn out the best content uh, that I can produce. And lately, that content has involved this list of the top 25 best baseball games of the last decade. Last game of the week, we are on to number four. And it comes to us from October 14th, 2015, game five of the ALDS between the Texas Rangers and the Toronto Blue Jays. A winner-take-all game in Rogers Center. This was a, a very strange series. The Blue Jays came into this as the favorites. I would say definitely to win this series. Probably most people felt like they were the best team in the American League. At least that's how I felt coming into this series. Won their division going away. Uh, had got very hot in the second half of the season after acquisitions like David Price and Troy Tulowitzki. The Rangers, meanwhile, after a dismal 2014 campaign, also got hot in the second half. They kind of jump-started their season by acquiring Cole Hamels at the deadline ended up overtaking the Astros and winning the division in 2015. And two games into this series, things were looking pretty good for them as well. The, the Rangers got to David Price in game one, winning that one five to three. They would win game two in extra innings and in 14 innings, six to four. And then that's when you saw this Blue Jays team really show some grit. Marco Estrada pitched a phenomenal game three. Troy Tulowitzki had a big home run in that ball game. Blue Jays won that one 5-1. to one. Game 4, the Blue Jays bats came alive. Once again, they won that game 8-4, to four, setting up a winner-take-all game back in Toronto in Rogers Center. This is a very good pitching matchup. You had Cole Hamels, obviously acquired at the deadline by the Rangers, had pitched some really good baseball for them through a complete game on the final day of the season, clinching the division, and pitched pretty darn well in Game 2 of this series as well. And for the Blue Jays, you had Marcus Stroman, who pitched some pretty good baseball in Game 2 of this series. So I think both these teams were were fairly confident coming into this game with the pitchers that they had on the mound. One thing about this game, I mean, this is one of the strangest playoff games of all time, but one of the things about this game that I think separates it from a lot of other games in this list is that it, this was a 10 out of 10 A-plus atmosphere. Rogers Center, when the Blue Jays are good and they're competing and they're in the playoffs, there are few places in baseball that rock the way Rogers Center does. And this was really an awesome environment and one that we weren't used to. The Blue Jays hadn't been in the playoffs since Joe Carter in 1993. It was very cool to see a team that hadn't been there in a long time uh, have this this unbelievable home crowd behind them. And this was a, a remarkably competitive game and an even more competitive series, an instant classic here in Rogers Center. But early on, as much as Marcus Stroman seemed like he had his stuff, De Delano DeShields led off the first inning with a double. Shinsu Chu would ground out to second, moving Shields to third. Prince Fielder would then ground out to third, allowing uh, DeShields to score. So three batters into the game, it was already one nothing Rangers. Not exactly a recipe for success when going up against a pitcher like Cole Hamels, who has shown in the past, 2008 being a prime example, of being a guy who could be a, a lockdown you know, close out a series kind of pitcher when when he's on. And early on in this game, it seemed like he was on. Went one, two, three in the first, had a very good uh, second inning as well, got into some trouble, but pitched out of it. One thing I got to mention, I've talked about this, I think, a little bit in the past when I talked about the 2016 
AL wild card game, but 2015, even a better example, this Blue Jays lineup was as loaded as any that we've seen in recent memory. I mean, this lineup was unbelievable. Ben Revere probably having his last good season there in 2015. Josh Donaldson batting second in his MVP season in 2015. Jose Batista still smacking the hell out of the ball. Edwin Encarnacion, Chris Colabello, Troy Tulowitzki, Russell Martin, Kevin Pillar, and Ryan Goings. That is an unbelievable lineup, and Hamels really had to navigate, and he pitched some darn good baseball for them. In the top of the third, Shinsu Chu, who would be a prominent part of this ball game, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, would homer to make it 2-0 Rangers. And, and even though it seemed like Stroman had his, had his good stuff, he seemed like he was pitching with a lot of confidence, Rangers were getting to him a little bit. 2-0 going into the bottom of the third, and the Blue Jays would start to fight back and get one back. Ben Revere would single back to the pitcher. A few batters later, Jose Batista would hit an RBI double, scoring Ben Revere, making it 2-1 Rangers. It would stay that way for a while. Both these pitchers would would really settle in, and it just seemed like it was going to be a matter of who was going to break next. This thing was so tight throughout this whole series, especially in this game. Man, it was it was fun to watch both these guys. Both these guys were kind of finesse pitchers. Obviously, they had the ability to strike guys out, but the command, I felt like with both these pitchers, was excellent on this game. It, it's, it's a rare thing, and we talked about this a little bit when I talked about Game 5 of the 2011 NLDS. It really is amazing when you get into a winner-take-all game and you see two pitchers in some of the biggest starts of their careers having their best stuff. I, I never felt like these pitchers missed a beat. I think everything they gave up on this day was just because the offense was seeing the ball fairly well. Both these guys had their best stuff, and it made for an incredibly tense ball game. And it would stay 2-1 to one until we got to the bottom of the sixth. Jose Batista would foul out to shortstop, and that would bring up Edwin Encarnacion. And on the first pitch he saw to Cole Hamels, he tied this thing right up. Kenny Albert on the call there with Fox. We were tied up at two. This was a mammoth home run. And I mean, Edwin Encarnacion is not a guy who hits a lot of cheap ones. When he crushes one, he really gets a hold of it. He was one of the hottest hitters in baseball in the second half of the 2015 season. And it showed right there. So we were right back where we started. Two to two. Marcus Stroman's day was done. He goes six innings, gives up six six hits, two runs, one walk, four strikeouts, and 98 pitches. They would then bring in the rookie, Aaron Sanchez out of the bullpen. Tie game in the late innings of a winner-take-all ball game. You can't ask for much more, except we got more than what we expected. The last half of this game, especially the seventh inning, will live on in infamy as one of the most insane conclusions to a playoff series we've ever seen, and we're going to talk more about it when we get back here. To an early morning breakfast burrito, to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, Sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. 
For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And we back, yo. So like I said, this seventh inning, completely nuts. I think over an hour in length was this seventh inning. It started off with a Runet Odor single to left. I can't talk today. I'm sorry. He singles. Chris Jimenez, bunt ground out. Odor goes to second. Delino to Shields, grounds out to third. Odor moves over to third. Shinsu Chu up at the plate. And that is when things got very, very insanely strange. We'll listen in to the call here, and then I'll explain what happened. Well, so far as thinking the same thing. Look at this. Ball's dead. Dead ball. The ball actually hit Shoes' bat as Martin went to throw it back to the pitcher. Well, why is it dead? Why is it dead? That ball's alive. Well, Dale Scott signaled immediately. That ball's alive. So in a matter of seconds there, Harold Reynolds kind of contradicted himself. What happened was Shinsu Chu took a pitch, right, with a runner on third. He took a pitch, and he stepped out of the box. Well, actually, he was still in the box, but he was holding his bat up. It was kind of in a strange position, but anyone who's seen Shinsu Chu bat throughout his career, this is kind of what he does. Russell Martin, very casually, just trying to throw the ball back to the pitcher Aaron Sanchez, throws it off the bat of Shinsu Chu, it goes into foul territory, heads up base running by Runette Odor, he scores, and th- there was protests, this game I think was originally, John Gibbons wanted this thing to be played under protest, ultimately it didn't make a difference, they reviewed it, they talked about it, this was the correct call, as strange of a play as it was, I and I mean this, I've never seen this before in my life, I've seen weird things in baseball, I've seen back when they, were, when they had the original uh, intentional walk rule in place, you know, guys um, throw intentional walk pitches over the plate that would get hit for doubles and home runs, I've never seen this happen before, especially in a situation like this, in a tie game, in a winner-take-all game, in the late innings, uh, something like this happens, a heads-up play by Odor, this was the right call, Russell Martin, awesome career, great catcher, um, a minor mistake that could have had major consequences. Goes off the bat of Shinsu Chu. The run scores. The things got a bit ugly in Toronto. I mean, the crowd was throwing things onto the field. They were angry at the umpires. And I understand the frustration, especially when you're a team and a fan base that hasn't been to the playoffs in 22 years, trying to win your first playoff series since Joe Carter's walk-off home run in the 1993 World Series. They wanted to win, but this was the correct call, and it put the Rangers in front 3-2. to two. And Cole Hamels, who was, despite giving up a home run in the bottom of the sixth inning, was still pitching, pitching some pretty good baseball. Then things got even weirder. Russell Martin, who made the error in the top of the frame, leads off the bottom of the seventh, hits a weak ground ball. Elvis Andrews, who for years, even to this day, continues to be a remarkably reliable shortstop for the Rangers, Boofs a ground ball. Kevin Pillar hits a ground ball to first base, right to Mitch Moreland in the next at-bat. Moreland scoops it, tries to get the lead runner on a force out at second base, throws it off the turf. It bounces off of Elvis Andrews. That's an E3. For the longest time, I thought that they credited 
Anders unfairly with three errors in this inning. They, they they got the call correct. They gave Moreland an error. Now, I, I you started to feel the, the the fire rising, so to speak. You know, this Blue Jays lineup was not one you wanted to give a lot of free passes to. They just got two of them. And then, with the bottom of the lineup up, and the number nine hitter, Ryan Goins, he bunts the ball down the third baseline. Adrian Beltre at third base scoops it. Elvis Andrews goes to cover the bag at third base. They try to get the lead runner again. Andrews muffs it. So in three straight at-bats, the Rangers make three straight errors, loading the bases with nobody out, and the top of the order due up for the Blue Jays felt like an absolute recipe for disaster. Now, one thing I think that goes overlooked in all of this is how close the Rangers were to actually pitching out of this. Cole Hamill's still in the game. Ben Revere at the dish. He hits a ground ball to first. Mitch Moreland throws home. They get the force out at home plate. One away. Base is loaded. You have the heart of the lineup due up. Not an ideal circumstance, but at least they got that first out. Josh Donaldson at the plate. Not the guy you want. Won the MVP in 2015. Cole Hamill's at this point had been taken out of the game. Sam Dyson facing his first batter. Josh Donaldson hits a weak, and I mean weak, floater to second base. Runette Odor should have played this very easily and made the catch. But he flails all around. He, he turns into a, a wacky, waving, arm-flailing, inflatable tube man. Look, looks all over the place. The ball falls. They, it ends up bouncing onto the outfield turf because this seemed like a ball that was probably going to be caught. The runners didn't really have... They went back to tag up. The run from third comes around this to score. They get the force out at second. So there's now two outs in a tie game. And as crazy as all of this is, you're still like, man, you feel like the Rangers, who have who have played optional defense this whole inning, are one out away from getting out of this whole thing, kind of miraculously. They've this. I understand why it wasn't an error, but in terms of reading a ball, this was essentially the fourth error of the inning. Runette Odor should have caught this pop up, and you would have had two outs with the bases still loaded. Who knows? what Batista would have done in a different situation with his team down as opposed to the game tied. But Batista came up with the game tied and what happened next can only be referred to as the bat flip seen around the world. Boom, Joey Bats with the biggest home run of his life off of Sam Dyson, putting the Blue Jays up 6-3. One of the most electric moments in baseball history. A fan base and a city that had been yearning for an iconic baseball moment for over two decades. They got it right there out of the guy who has been a part of that organization for a long time. Has his signature moment after some colossal mistakes by the Rangers. The Blue Jays officially took advantage of it. Aaron Sanchez would get a few outs or would get an out in the eighth inning. Their closer, Roberto Ozuna, would come on, strike out two batters in the top of the eighth inning with two runners on. And then after getting two quick outs in the top of the eighth, Will Venable would work the count full. And finally, Roberto Ozuna would close this thing out. Championship Series. 
one of the best and most memorable games I have ever seen. I mean, in terms of iconic imagery, atmosphere, competitiveness, I left out a lot. There was a lot I wasn't able to cover. This game was absolutely insane, especially the last couple innings. I had so much fun watching it in my uh, in the towers at Central Michigan University with one of my roommates. This was just an unbelievable baseball event. The only reason it's not higher, and I could probably even see it as high as number three, maybe, maybe number two, but probably not, is because the Blue Jays did admittedly go on to lose in the next round. And because of that, some of the significance of this moment is kind of erased just, just a tad, just a little bit. But this started, this game, and especially that Batista at bat, started this really fierce, short-lived rivalry between the Rangers and the Blue Jays. I mean, Runet Odor and Batista got into a fist fight at, uh, at Ranger Stadium the next season in 2016. These teams would meet again in the 2016 postseason where the Blue Jays would sweep them. An incredible series. An electric moment led a lot of dis- to, led to a lot of discussion about bat flips and and showing up the pitcher after home runs in baseball. It was one of the most iconic baseball moments of the last 25 years, let alone the last 10, and it deserves that spot as the number four best game of the decade. So that's going to do it for this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. I'll be doing mailbags again eventually, and you can send those questions to this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And I forgot to mention this last show, but if you're feeling nice while you're in self-isolation, please go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, and leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be back here on Monday. We have three games left in this list of the top 25 best games of the last decade. I hope you're ready for the very thrilling conclusion of this long list. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.